Welcome to Heard It on the Shark, North Mississippi's podcast for informed listeners with your show host, Melinda Marsalis. Heard It on the Shark is a weekly podcast that airs every Tuesday on the Shark 102.3 FM radio station based in Ripley, Mississippi. Melinda Marsalis interviews the movers and shakers in North Mississippi who are making things happen. By clicking subscribe, you'll hear from entrepreneurs, leaders of business, medicine, education, and the people behind the amazing things happening in North Mississippi. When people ask you, how did you know about that? You'll say, I heard it on the shark. Heard it on the shark is brought to you by Sunbear Studio. Sunbear Studio is a boutique recording studio in the heart of Ripley, Mississippi. When you record with us at Sunbear Studio, we can mix, master, register, and publish your music, your podcast, or your family story. Email us when you're ready at sunbear at jc.media. This program was recorded at Sunbear Studio in Ripley, Mississippi. Hey, Shark fans, it's Melinda with another episode of Heard It on the Shark. And today I am super excited to have with me in Sunbear Studio the Mississippi Department of Transportation Director, Brad White. Mr. White, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Nobody is safe from me at Rotary. I'm a member of the Ripley Rotary Club, and anytime somebody good comes to speak at Rotary, I'll grab them and bring them over to the studio for an interview, and that's exactly what happened. Representative Jody Steverson had invited Director White to come up and talk at Rotary, and I just grabbed him, and, and thank you so much well, for I'm coming. I'm glad you did. It's my pleasure. I enjoyed being It was a good group, a really good group. And so, of course, what we're so excited to talk about is the four-laning of Highway 15 and the bypass that's going to go around Ripley and just open up transportation for us up here in the hills. So I'm excited to talk to you about this. Yeah, Highway 15 is a major corridor in the northeast part of the state and through Pontotoc, Union County and Tippecanoe County, you know, it presents a lot of opportunities for the state in the way of economic development, but it's also a safety and efficiency matter for the, the highway there. So I'm really excited about the work we have going along and that whole corridor. This uh, summer we plan to led a contract on the portion of Highway 15 in Union County that is not four-laned right now that would be from Pontotoc County line north. And then hopefully by next spring, we plan to award another contract that will be Highway 15 here in Tippa County from the Union County line all the way north of Ripley. So it's about a $200 million total project. It'll be a very significant investment in the area, and I think it'll be something that once completed that uh, everyone will be very happy about. Yeah, we've talked about it so long, it's like maybe finally <laughs> seeing Santa Claus. Right, yeah. So ha- have you been the director of Mississippi Department of Transportation for a long time? About a year and a half. I, I came a little longer than a year and a half. I came in July 1 of 2021. And I actually got my start at the Department of Transportation about 25, a little more years ago, when Dick Hall was first appointed as one of the commissioners by Governor Fordyce at that time. And he hired me to be a member of his staff and to help him. And so I was no stranger to the Department of Transportation, but after I left there, I had the opportunity of working in Washington with Senator Cochran and Senator Hyde-Smith and coming back here and working at the Department of Audit and working with Governor Reeves. And so it gave me visibility and some experiences that I think kind of have helped me to come back to the department and help play a part on the team there that delivers our transportation system. So it's just something that I've enjoyed and, and look forward to doing for hopefully years in the future. So you've been to Washington with Senator Cochran and then Senator Hyde Senator Smith, Hyde Smith yeah. after that, and then you came back and were, what did you do for the governor? When I came back, Governor Reeves had been elected and obviously was setting up to follow in former Governor Bryant's footsteps. 
And so he set up a transition team that I chaired that would do the interviewing, I guess you'd say, of, of all the various state agencies that report under the governor and to help him kind of move along the process between election and inauguration that would set up his government. And then upon he being inaugurated in January, I became his chief of staff and was there for a year and a half, uh, which was through most of COVID and, and all of the other emergencies that we had to deal with. So it was a interesting time to be in the governor's office. But then, like I said, in July of 21 was when the Transportation Commission offered this position to me, and I was excited about it. And after talking with the governor, he felt like uh, it was a good opportunity to take, and so I did. I'm glad I did. Now, anytime there's a chief of staff on a movie or on a TV show, that always looks like the most stressful job to me. Is it really that stressful? Not really. I've been very fortunate that I've been chief of staff four different times, and all four times I had a group of people around me on staff that were far brighter than I am and that knew their specific area or portfolio or area of policy and all very well. And so Really and truly, if you've got the right people around your chief of staff, you just kind of keep the train moving on time. And the best thing you can do is just stay out of everybody's way and let them do their job and, and be sure that you're providing the support necessary for them to do that. And I always, I enjoyed every opportunity that I had. And, and I give great credit, not just to the principals for whom I was working, but for the quality men and women that were around us on staff. I mean, that was key. It is always so important to not be the smartest person in the That's room. Right. I don't have to worry about that much. <laughs> okay, so you have federal experience. First, you started with MDOT experience, and then you followed it with federal experience and state experience, and now you're back at MDOT with all those layers of information. Sounds like a great fit to me. I think so. Again, I'm surrounded by wonderful men and women that are engineers, accountants, uh, program managers. You know, we have a wonderful team there, each of which know their job and know it well and know how to implement it. The wonderful thing about MDOT is because most of the people that go there are very career-minded, meaning that you start there and you end up retiring from there 30 years later. It has a great feel of family almost, because you're able to grow up with most of the people there. We have young engineers that start right out of college, and, and they're there for 25 or 30 years. Well, you don't spend that amount of time at a, one place with people without knowing about their personal lives. You watch their children grow up, their grandchildren, you know, and so it's a, a special place to be, number one. But again, you know, I think that each of us bring some type of talent, you know, to the table that once put together collectively, we're able to deliver a good product for the taxpayer. I know that this project finally got funded because of some one-time money. Could you just briefly explain the one-time money that Mississippi is enjoying right now and how it's being used to improve roads and highways? Well, first of all, thanks to Senator Roger Wicker. About two years ago, he and his leadership position he had on commerce and transportation in the U.S. Senate was able to secure an additional billion dollars in Federal Highway Administration's reauthorization of their program over the next five years for Mississippi. That would give us to the tune of about $200 million a year that we were able to put forth toward uh, the types of projects that, due to financial reasons, we were just unable to focus on for about a decade or so. So we were able to restart the capacity program, which had in it projects just like this Highway 15 project 
project that had been sitting on a shelf waiting on the day that someone would pull it off. So the additional federal money allowed us to start back those projects, relooking at them, getting them ready. When the legislature found themselves with uh, a surplus of funds for, for various reasons, uh, they uh, wanted to make a significant investment in infrastructure. And this was from uh, the lieutenant governor to the speaker of the house and, and the leadership of transportation and appropriations in both houses. And so we were very happy to hear that. And it was through the process of working with them that we determined collectively that the best use of one-time money would be to go to these projects that we had that were nearing shovel-ready and go ahead and allocate funds that would allow for them to be built and taken off the list. And so this session, they gave us an additional $450 million uh, for capacity projects, which would allow us to schedule the awarding of projects that were ready but otherwise unfunded for this year and next year. So next spring, we anticipate the awarding of Highway 15 from the Union County line north of Ripley, including the portion around Highway 2, which is where the bypass will be that you're talking about, that will four-lane and, and build a, a significant uh, a highway there that will be much improved upon what you've got uh, now. Uh, to, it's going to probably be a, a, an excess of about a $200 million investment. So almost half of what the legislature gave us will be put here in Tippa County on on this project. We're very grateful. Well, it's a needed project for multiple reasons, not, as I said earlier, not just from the safety and efficiency of the system itself, but there's a lot of economic development potential along that 15 corridor here in northeast Mississippi. So that's why we're looking at it in multiple counties, Union and Pontotoc as well. So hopefully one day we'll have a four-lane highway from the state line down. I was starting to think that I wouldn't live to see it, so I'm super excited to to have this happen where I can enjoy the benefits of having that four lane. It's going to be awesome. Okay, everybody, this has been Mississippi Department of Transportation Director Brad White. Brad, thank you so much again for coming. Anytime you're in Tippa County or up this way, come back by and give us an update on that four lane. Thank you. Look forward to doing that. Okay, Shark fans, that's it for this edition of Heard It on the Shark. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. to find out what's going on from local community leaders. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion for an interview, or you want access to this interview, go to our website, shark1023.com, and click on the podcast tab. Keep it tuned to the Shark 1023, and have a great rest of the day. Thanks for tuning in to our daily programming. All of our programs are released as podcasts on the major podcast platforms where the information can be downloaded and shared for months. If your business or organization would like to take this unique opportunity to sponsor a show that not only is broadcast as a radio program, but also a podcast, give the Shark 1023 headquarters a call at 662-837-1023. Imagine your commercial in this space every week. Give us a call. This show is made possible by JC Media LLC in Ripley, Mississippi. JC Media owns the Shark 102.3 Classic Rock FM radio station where the show is hosted and Sun Bear Recording Studio where the interviews are recorded. We need your feedback and support. If you listen to the podcast on a player like iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Amazon Music, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. We also have an email in which you can share your feedback. That email is theshark1023 at gmail.com. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite app or stream episodes online at shark1023.com front slash podcast. Today's episode was produced by Melinda Marsalis. It was edited by Rick Williams and engineered by Chris Marsalis. The podcast technician is Joyce Grady.